Coming up in this episode of The Wheelhouse, celebrating National Teacher Appreciation Week with literacy coach Chelsea Strickland. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler, CEO of Students Matter, and this is The Wheelhouse. In this season of our podcast, we'll mix interviews and conversations with in-depth thinking around our three foundational components of our framework, accomplishment-driven leadership, superior instruction, and powerful student care. You know, we believe it's our priority as educators to prove to each student how incredibly distinctive and irreplaceable his or her life is. Together, let's continue to step up to this incredibly important challenge and add additional tools and skills right into our wheelhouse. Today's guest is my friend and colleague, Chelsea Strickland, who comes to us at the wheelhouse today from the Metro Detroit area. When I met Chelsea, she was a high school English teacher and a department chair. She was tapped by her superintendent to become a curriculum writer using Wiggins and McTie's framework, Understanding by Design. In that district, she single-handedly wrote K-12 ELA curriculum for the entire district. For several years, she worked in state accountability, assisting teachers and leaders in understanding how to create and use district-developed and approved curriculum as the foundation to facilitate superior instruction in the classroom. Currently, Chelsea is a literacy coach in an urban district, spending her time and energy supporting teachers in continuous instructional improvement. She's also the mother of two young daughters and has navigated this pandemic as both an instructional leader and as a parent. Chelsea Strickland, welcome to the wheelhouse. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. I am delighted. So thank you. I'm so glad. Well, you know, this is National Teacher Appreciation Week, and I couldn't think of anybody more fitting to talk to during this week on the wheelhouse than you. So thank you for stopping by. Oh, thank you for your kind words. I appreciate that. You know, it's the first day today of National Teacher Appreciation Week. Um, So I think it's just incredible that we'll be able to have this conversation and talk about the teaching profession. And it's, it's, it's certainly been an interesting year to say the least. Right. Uh, So as we celebrate, yeah, (laughs) yeah, as we celebrate this work of teachers across the country, let's just take a few minutes and talk about what I think is the noblest of all professions. Sounds great. A lot has been said about teachers during this pandemic. What should we remember about the contributions of teachers during this difficult global situation? What should we celebrate? You know, I think it's important. I think it's important to just remember how integral teachers are in raising all children. Um, That, you know, teachers don't look at at each individual child as not their own. Um, You know, when a child enters their classroom, they take them on as their own child. Um, and I think that it's also really important to remember the commitment that they have to the profession. You know, just because we were forced into unknown territory, uh, you know, just over a year ago, it, it didn't mean that we gave up. It didn't mean that we threw our hands in the air and said, well, parents, now it's your turn. Um, I think it's just that is what we celebrate. The fact that teachers are so committed to the children that are in their care 
that they're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to go above and beyond and put themselves in very uncomfortable situations at times. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of teachers over the last year who could barely send an email, right? And now they are recording lessons and they are navigating technology in ways that they never themselves thought that they could do. So it's just, you know, incredible to me that teachers are so versatile and are lifelong learners themselves. And there, there you go. That's another thing to really celebrate about them. Yeah, I think that teachers have have used tools that they never would have thought in a million years that they would ever use to to teach children. You know, as young as kindergarten, right? I mean, how many of them thought that they would be delivering instruction via Zoom or Google Meets? When we heard from our district, uh, you know, what, a week before, two weeks before we started that we were not going to be offering face-to-face instruction for five-year-olds, <laughs> we all went, oh my gosh, how on earth are we going to really make this work for the beginning of kindergarten? There's so much more than just, you know, learning, you know, quote unquote, learning to read or learning to count or, you know, there's a lot to learn about just being a student. And you know, that's another thing, I guess, to celebrate is that teachers figured out how to teach kids to be kids at school on a computer. Um, our eyes widened <laughs> when we saw them those first couple weeks, and there were a lot of laughs and undoubtedly a lot of tears. Um, but my gosh, what, I mean, now we look at some kids who've been completely virtual this entire year, and what their teachers have been able to do with them is just astounding. They've, in some cases, some students have probably grown more than they would have had they been in the classroom. You know, I last last week's episode was about superior instruction, and part of it was about you know just really arguing that this wasn't a, you know all learning was not lost this year. In fact, if you really think about it, we've got to we got to think about learning as beyond just one dimension, right? It's multi-dimensional because I think kids have learned a lot this year, right? That is beyond just what shows up on a state assessment, which is what it should be about anyway, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, what they've learned about themselves in terms of, uh, here was another thing that our, our eyes just widened at and our mouths, you know, jaws dropped. How on earth is a five-year-old who, you know, we have always said can't do the NWEA in, you know, October, um, they've learned how to navigate Google tools, you know, and it, and it only took maybe a couple of visuals, right, for them to learn how to do it. And they're masters at it, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we've just done a lot over these last 12, 13 months to get them in this new incredible space where Maybe they didn't learn all that we've ever taught them, but maybe that's a good thing because they learn things instead of that are going to be more helpful to them as, you know, the future comes to fruition. Yeah, we can catch up those other little things, you know, or or not so little things that they that they lacked. But, you know, the things that they the things that have opened their horizon. Right. And really opened Mm -hmm. their world. um, it's going to be difficult to try and, and and I hope we never do go back to what life was like before because that was very limiting in what we what we expected of kids and what we what we taught them. I think we've learned to really to really branch out and see learning in a very different way than what 
we probably thought of in March of 2020. Now we just need our legislature to kind of catch up and think about this beyond just what can be measured in a an accountability assessment all over the country, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as a parent of, you know, you you're wearing two hats, which, you know, um, I've been I've been able to watch that for a while and it's just incredible. But um, <laughs> But, you know, not only are you a leader in, in, a, in a school, but you're also a parent with little ones. Um, what have you learned as a parent during this pandemic that you want to share with, with the listeners? Well, you know, I think that the one thing we all as parents need to think about when we remember, you know, quarantine is, you know, we're, we're never going to get that time back. And I always, you know sort of regretted when I had to leave my kids in the morning, right? I mean, I I knew that I had such a passion and a drive for what I was doing for the children that I called my own at school. But at the same time, it was, you know, really hard to leave my own kids and say, okay, now you're in the care of someone else and, you know, go out and do great. Um, But I think that what I have come to cherish is that I got to be my child's teacher, you know, she was in kindergarten when we went um, on complete lockdown last March. And what I was able to do with her one-on-one was really just fun. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, I, I wouldn't, I would have been tired. I would have said, okay, yeah, let's, let's work on that together. But instead it, it kind of drew our passion for learning together uh, much closer. And so now when she comes home and has things to work on or has things that she's done, she's so much more, I feel, excited to show me what she's accomplished because she knows how hard we've worked together to get to that point. Um, that is certainly not to say that this year has been a walk in the park <laughs> as a parent. It has been it, it has been extremely um, anxiety-ridden sure. as being a teacher because every time the school district calls, I go, oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? You know, oh, like... Uh, Am I going to have to, you know, figure out who's going to be with my kid while she does virtual learning or what's, when's the next virtual day and how's that going to look? And, um, it, it definitely is, it's been frustrating at times. It has been, um, very unclear at times, but, you know, we've made it work and there we go. We come back to that versatility and the, um, just relentless pursuit of making sure that all kids get what they need as they need it. Um, that's really been very apparent this school year and both as, you know, a parent and as an educator myself. Uh, um, I think that the other thing that I realized is just, I learned about my kid at school. (laughs) You know, we always kind of want to be a fly on the wall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know know what our kids are like. And boy, did I learn (laughs) what my kid is like in school Um, and the good and not the, the not so great, but uh, it was, it allowed me to, again, have those kinds of conversations with her in a much more meaningful space too, to say, you know, I'm working, you're working, your dad's working, we're all on computers in different parts of the house. And you need to look at what we're doing while we're working and maybe think about how you can be more productive or whatever. And there she had that model. So it was just really kind of interesting to to see this different level of growth too. And Um, she's six, right? She's in first grade. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she did just turn seven, you know, uh, 10 days ago, but yes, she is. And, uh, you know, that also was really fun to see that window of, of her growth 
with her teacher, right? Absolutely. And uh, I, I've been incredibly blessed, I think, throughout this, if we can think about it in that way, uh, to just be a part of that process in her life and, and experience in her life. Yeah, I mean, that's time that you wouldn't have gotten, right? I mean, what a gift of time that you've gotten to be able to. Um, so thinking about what you've learned, what do you hope all parents and families will take away from this past year's experience? I just really hope, you know, that that parents, just like I noticed with my own, you know, instruction that I was giving to my own kid, um, kind of lacked in certain areas. Um, I hope that parents realize that we need to work in tandem, that we are on the same team, that everything that we are doing um, is complementary but necessary to the work that the other is doing, that the teacher is doing. Um, and so I think that that's the biggest takeaway as a parent is just that, you know, I can do what I can do at home, but I need that teacher or those group, that group of educators to do what they do and what they know is best as well. Absolutely. You know, but let's, let's go and turn back to talking about teachers for a couple of minutes. Um, besides the obvious, many teachers have said this is the most difficult teaching year they've ever had, Right. Um, but a lot of parents and a lot of community members who don't quite understand, you know, the life of a teacher aren't really sure what that means. From your perspective, what has been the most difficult thing to conquer? The most difficult thing to conquer has just been uncertainty, you know, and, and there's been a lot of uncertainty this year from how long we're going to be virtual or face-to-face to how long will this last to um, the uncertainty of, of whether our kids being what we know that we would be giving them. Um, there are a lot of kids that, you know, for lack of a, a better way of saying it, it felt like they just sort of disappeared. Um, and last March, you know, I myself was teaching fifth grade. I stepped into that role for a few months and there were students that I never spoke to. I could not get a hold of them. And short of, you know, driving over their homes and knocking on their door, which nobody was going to do during that quarantine, um, I didn't know what else to do. So I think that there's been uncertainty in terms of whether or not we feel like our kids are getting everything that we are capable of giving them. I think that there's also uncertainty in terms of, are we, as we earlier mentioned, we're, we're sacrificing certain things um, that we have always felt are, are good and right and, and true in education, especially of young children. And I think that we're certain of whether those sacrifices are really going to pay off in the long run. You know, we're, we're very excited about the things that they can do now that they maybe um, were never taught how to do before. But how is that going to pay off? Will it pay off? Will it pay off? What, a, what an incredible question, Chelsea. Uh, and I hope that as we as we move forward in whatever education is going to look like, uh, I hope that what we will have seen is that many of the things that we did uh, throughout uh, this pandemic to meet the needs of our children uh, are, are going to pay off in the long run. So thank you, Chelsea Strickland, for joining us here at The Wheelhouse. And to all of you teachers and leaders in public education all over the country. I wish you a fantastic National Teacher Appreciation Week.
And that wraps up another episode of The Wheelhouse. If you have something you'd like to share or a teaching or leadership problem you'd like to see us address, drop us a line at onlineacademy at ourstudentsmatter.org and we'll add that to our lineup. Together, our goal is to continuously expand our own leadership and instructional expertise and to prove to each student that his or her life is of immense and irreplaceable value. This is hard work, but it is the noblest of all professions. Until next time, remember, we can do this.